Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, here we are. Favorite time of the week. I know you can't believe that, but Nancy and I and Rick and Stu, we really look forward to this show. Uh, you heard my introduction. I covered the basics, the fundamentals. We're here to help you folks out there in Radio Land and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube all over the planet. Uh, buy your next car or lease your next car. Repair or maintain it uh, without fear. <laughs> Every time I start that, I start thinking about, um, I can't believe I'm saying it, because uh, of all the retailers we, uh, in the world, Car dealers are still lagging behind the, uh, the 21st century. They're, they were behind in the 20th century, and they did things the old school way. So uh, hang on to your hats. Uh, call in because your calls are the most important thing. And uh, I don't have my call number here. Can you meet? Well, I've been doing the, the thing for 17 years. 877-960-9960. That's right. Can or you can text us. Page. I don't know at where you are. At 772-497-6530. You'll have that in front of you in one second. Okay. So the calls are the key. The, the postings, uh, your anonymous feedback. I, I hasten to advise you to uh, be aware, if you haven't listened to the show before, that you can speak to us and remain totally anonymous. Well, thank you very much. I have that, those numbers. I got here a little late this morning. Didn't have a chance to get my set up the way I wanted it to be, but hey, that's live radio. If you're if you're if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you might remember the time that uh, I had a flat tire on the way and and uh, I had to call the show in for the first 20 minutes. <laughs> so, live radio, it's fun, really. It gets the adrenaline going. I think it gets us at our best in the studio here, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, this isn't all an informational show. This is also a, a entertaining show. I'd like to think uh, we have fun. Let's put it that way. If you don't, too bad. But we we love the show. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we'd be here even if you weren't listening because we have fun. And uh, I I think I think we love what we do. You know, that's if you have a job and you uh, do what you love, you're uh, doing. I mean, uh, you're one of the luckiest people on the planet. <laughs> Uh, too many people punch the clock, and and uh, I mean we got to have people punch the clock. We got to have people earn a living, and it's pretty important. But if you can punch the clock, earn a living, and love every minute of it, you're blessed. And uh, we are. Uh, we love what we do here. We go go go. Yeah. Over <laughs> 877-960-9960. Write that number down. You might not, not have a question now, but you will. I promise you, if you stick around with us for a few minutes, write it down. 877-960-9960. Don't write it down if you're driving. <laughs> Text number 
497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. And the famous anonymous feedback. Your Y-O-U-R anonymous A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S feedback.com. Your anonymous feedback.com. I just got a phone call only on live radio. I'm going to have to hang up on somebody, but I forgot to turn my, my silence around. That's how discombobulated I am this morning. But Can I tell you who it is? Uh, no, you wouldn't know his name. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I barely recognize the name. So um, I'm going to uh, talk about the folks in the studio that I already talked about in my recorded introduction just briefly, and we'll go around the horn here because, uh, as I say, calls are important, and the, probably the most frequent calls we get, I, I'm not sure about that, but it seems uh, Rick Kearney sitting to my right uh, is an automotive, um, he's, he's a certified diagnostic, uh, he, he's, he's been in the business so long that he knows everything about cars. I was trying to say uh, uh, certified, uh, what, what am I trying to say, certified? Master diagnostic technician. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Certified master diagnostic it's technician. It's MDT. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and, I was uh, watching Rick work the other day, and Rick, guess what? He can do it now, blindfolded. Yeah, if a car's broke, he can fix it. That's the bottom line. <laughs> and if you have a question about cars, save yourself a ton of money instead of going into a car dealership and getting ripped off in the service department. You got a little squeak or rattle or noise or something that's bothering you a little bit, call Rick, 877-960-9960, or post it to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Earl on cars, facebook.com forward slash Earl on cars, and of course, same thing with Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Periscope. We don't get a lot of Periscopes, but we're out there, all over cyberspace. You know, if you if you go into a car dealership and say, uh, "There's something wrong with my car. Can you fix it?" What do you think the answer is going to be? They'll say, "Sure, sign here." So, better to have an idea of what your problem is, an idea of what the cost might be before you go in. So you call Rick Kearney. And then, uh, to Rick's right, is Stu Stewart. He's also Earl Stewart, but he's my son. Don't call me Earl. And, uh, he, right, and, uh, and he's, uh, he is hands-on in the dealership. We are a car dealer. We have a, we have a car dealership. This is not an infomercial, I hasten to add. We will not try to sell you a car on this show in any way, shape, or form. And we will admit there are a lot of better cars out there than what we sell, a lot of worse cars out there than what we sell. Uh, there, there's, there's some good car dealers. I won't say there are a lot of good car dealers, but there are good car dealers out there. We're not the only ones. And uh, the good thing about being a car dealer, and I've been a car dealer since 1968. You heard me right, 1968. Uh, I've been there and done that. I've done it the wrong way for, I did it the wrong way for a long, long time. And so I know all the tricks of the trade. I know what can happen when you come into a service department, when you come into a sales department. I know about bait and switch advertising because I did it. I'm not proud of it. And that's the reason I call myself a recovering car dealer. In fact, I wrote a book. There it is right there. Confessions. Confessions of a recovering car dealer. I just spilled my guts, told it like it is. And the book's available for you, so you can learn how to be avoid being ripped off by a car dealer. It's available on Amazon. Now, I'm not selling you the book, 
because I want money because I don't get money from the book. All the money from the book goes to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. That's right. The biggest no-kill shelter in the United States. We take dogs in. We have 600 dogs right now. We've, we found homes and saved 63,000 lives. Yes, doggy lives. Confessions of a recovering car dealer. 100% of the proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue and you learn how not to be taken advantage of by car dealers. So that's who I am, what I do. And to my left is the love of my life, my co-host, co-founder of this show 20 years ago, and a strong female advocate that has succeeded in bringing this show to near parity with our female listeners. And we call her Mrs. Sunrise, we call her uh, Nancy, and she's also uh, gonna tell you about a an unbelievable offer to you new listeners for first-time female callers. But first, ladies and gentlemen, as far as Earl's book is concerned and uh, the proceeds going uh, to Big Dog Ranch, if you haven't been out there, you've got to get out there. We were out there just this past week and there is still additional, well, construction going on. Places just amazing. And those 600 dogs that Earl talked about, I think they were all over us, each one of them cuter than the other. And they had so many puppies, it was unbelievable. But uh, it's a place that you can literally spend the day in. And uh, myself, after I left there, I said, hey, what do I want to do if I ever get a day off? I'd like to go out to Big Dog Ranch. The spa out there for the dogs, incredible. Take a trip out. Weather's perfect for it. Go out to Loxahatchee. Big Dog Ranch, they cater to big dogs and little dogs. So on with the show. Um, Earl was talking about uh, being an advocate for the ladies. Indeed, I am trying to build a platform here. Uh, well, it's been a little slow in the process, but uh, we're moving forward. Uh, the 21st century has certainly taught all of us a whole lot the females, that is, learning that they are a huge part of the auto industry. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I always add to that that uh, if a car dealer doesn't realize who we are, well, it's called a financial suicide. So with all of that said, uh, I have $50, $50 for the first two new lady callers. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Call and say hello. Call and share your shopping experience with us. Uh, did it go as you planned? Uh, did you uh, take your vehicle or the family's vehicle in for service? Anything at all, we'd just love to hear from you. And uh, also a couple of other things uh, in the news. Uh, there's a lot in the news. We're gonna talk about uh, well, I don't know whether we'll get to it or not, but it's a little teaser, and that's about automobile insurance. And uh, it was in the, uh, I believe, the Palm Beach Post this past week, and uh, driving less, how to pay less for your insurance. And it's something that we really lack doing, going to our policy, checking on it just every so often because prices change, and right now, it's the new normal, the pandemic, and things are changing all the time. And you'd be surprised your your insurance company just, uh, you know, may listen to you 
and whatever you have to say, and you can reduce your car insurance. Another thing that's interesting uh, in the news is that is a young lady. She's 42 years old. She's in Marion County, and she now sits uh, in jail. And uh, she is uh, the major thief in Marion County of the catalytic uh, converters. And uh, they did a raid and found about 90 of them in her home. And uh, the, uh, the converters are in the news now. Uh, they are just being ripped off of cars in, guess what? One to three minutes, one to three minutes. And guess what? The most expensive converter is on the Dodge Ram, the Dodge Ram 2500. Uh, the going price for that is $3,460. Those precious metals go far. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go straight to the phones. And uh, don't forget, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. We're going to go straight to the phones, and we're going to talk to John, who's been holding from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Thank you for always being there and such great enthusiasm. Two questions I have for Rick. First question, I want to know the opinion of Rick about the stepladder design on the tailgates of the GMC trucks. Rick is an old-time truck owner, and I want to see his opinion of that. And the second part of it, if it's so great, how come other manufacturers don't have that same process? I want to see what Rick says. Uh, my opinion on it, for an old guy like me uh, with bad knees, and a bit of a belly, that's a great idea. I mean, makes it easier to get up into the vehicle, into the bed. Um, why the others haven't followed, I can only guess that maybe it's... Uh, they, I, don't know what, some... I don't know what that is. I bet a lot of our listeners don't know what the stepladder design is. That's Almost about it so our listeners can... On, on a, uh, the GMC, and actually there, there are some others that have come out with these, when you open the tailgate on your truck... They actually have this fold-out little ladder oh. so that you can step up to climb easily into the bed of the truck. Oh. And I think they even have like a little a little handrail that pops up. So it makes it easier for someone that isn't a 20-year-old kid to get up into the bed of the pickup when you need to get to something up near one, the cab. One quick observation from somebody that didn't even know about it. Uh, I think it's a great idea, yeah. and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why the F-150 is the number one selling vehicle in the world. Well, it's, it's they, actually GM has this. Yeah, well, GM, GM, you know, GM is... A, well, the, the F-150 is a Ford. Yeah, I understand that, but the <laughs> point is that General Motors owns Ford, and they, they're, they're pretty good. They're, they're, I mean, I'm sorry. General Motors is a competitor of Ford, yeah. and uh, I think that uh, they're trying to be number one. And uh, what better way than to? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I like that. I think it's a really cool idea. Why? Why nobody else has done it? I don't know. But I have seen others so that have like a uh, a step that you can hit with your foot and it will pop out from under the bumper. Yeah. But if you've got the tailgate open, you can't use that. So it's got to be embarrassing to the other truck manufacturers uh, the fact that Ford owns the market and has for so long. Oh yeah. And. Uh, I think they're all shooting at Ford, and I think one day someone's going to catch them up. They, they, they will someday, but I don't know, because the F-150, that thing's just, 
I mean, ever since the F-100, even before that, Ford's just owned it with trucks. They came out with the aluminum. Everybody said they were crazy. And, and it worked. Yeah. You know, I mean, what can you say? John, one, thanks one for that. I didn't know about I that. Mention, Earl entered the car business in 1968. On this show, we recognize that there's other great automobile manufacturers, and one of them is Subaru. Subaru was, was formed... Just when Earl entered the car business, was formed 53 years ago. And in 1989, Subaru uh, merged with uh, Isuzu, and they fed their first factory in Indiana. And I just want to bring up the fact that Subaru has very good ratings. And I'll bet you even Earl probably didn't know from 20, 2007 to 2016, there was a joint venture where uh, Subaru produced the Toyota Camrys under a special license. Were you aware of that, Earl? You know, I have a vague uh, memory, but I, I did, I'd forgotten it. That is, that is interesting. Yeah, they, uh, it's amazing. I didn't realize how, how long they've been here, and I'm also, I wonder why it's taken them, they haven't grown, and they, they build a, a, a great car, highly, uh, uh, you know, respected in quality and uh, pricing competitivity and everything else. But they just have never grown up to be like a Honda or Toyota. Don't understand why. I agree with you 100%. But that's why I want to mention that we don't only talk about one or two different brands. Yeah. There are some other great cars out there. Yeah. And Subaru happens to be one of them. Well, thank you, John. Uh, always a great caller. I love it when people tell me something I didn't know. Yeah. Step letter. Um, tailgate idea. What a great Very idea. Very nice. And Subaru yeah. also has the highest grade point average of all our mystery shop dealers. <laughs> yeah. Good cool. manufacturer, good franchise. Okay. Great right information. Call, call again next week. You are, we, we love you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. 877-960-9960. And uh, we love your callers. We love our regular callers. We love our new callers. And, of course, Nancy reminds you, first two female callers, 50 bucks. Ka-ching. No conditions. If you're new, you haven't called the show before, and you're female, we want you to call. We want to pay you money for it. We're not ashamed. Uh, also, see. don't forget www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Still, uh, Cybermaster. Yes. Um, I uh, I have to compliment you on the shopping report. I think Agent uh, Lightning did a great job, and it was uh, different. I was a little bit worried because we've shopped this particular dealer before. This is the third time uh, this uh, in the year. Yeah. But uh, it seems to get interesting. It's, uh, they're all different. It's like a box of chocolates. You I, never know what you're going to get. I can't, I can't take any credit for this. This is all, um, this is all Frank Gonzalez. Is, he gets all the credit um, for hiring. <laughs> well, you'll hear it in the shopping report. But for running the offer that caught our, our, caught our eye, it was a big bait-and-switch ad we saw. $8,000 over Kelly Blue Book for your trade. Mm. And um, that just makes it easy <laughs> to find, you know, to come up with a, a plan and a mission yeah. for a mystery shopper. And also brought out something that uh, probably a lot of our listeners aren't aware of. There's a whole industry out there that car dealers are their customers, and this industry is uh, is a, a bunch of con artists that design direct mail, uh, and now it's digital, and ten, it's ten sales, ten sales, deceptive advertising. Get them on the door. They call it Move Metal. Uh, we looked at this particular vendor or this particular fellow that's affiliated or came in and did business with our mystery shopping target. And uh, 
he guarantees to move a lot of metal. That means sell a lot of cars. And you can see how how uh, uh, cold it sounds. Move mm -hmm. metal. They're not even selling cars. They're moving metal at any cost uh, to the consumer. And uh, they uh, they make uh, they make a lot of money selling canned promotions to car dealers. And they, a lot of times they guarantee uh, X number of cars get sold. And uh, it's, it's it's quite a it's an inside look at car dealers behind the curtain yeah. as to what happens and why you get victimized. We did a, I think we mystery shopped a tent sale several years ago with Agent X, and we did a little research. We found the, the promotion company, and I think it was, I can't remember if it was a slasher sale. Uh, a slasher sale was a popular um, sale in the early 2000s where uh, they would have the uh, organizers of the event, the company, come out, and they take over the salespeople, the sales managers. They set up desks. Turnkey. You pay the money, and they, they do it all. They, they, they bring in the closers, and there are, a lot of them are kind of a little, little rough around the edges, you know, like knuckle-cracking, <laughs> suit-wearing, uh, just heavy hitters, and they come in, and they say, get there early at 7 o'clock in the morning, or you, and they generate a whole lot of buzz before the event, and they sell a lot of cars. And Earl just mentioned they guarantee, in a lot of cases, a certain amount of profit to be made or a certain number of cars to be sold. And if they don't, uh, they give you your money back. They give the dealer the money back. So they are highly motivated to make every deal they can. And that doesn't mean that they're going to give you good deals. That means they're, they're going in hard with the pressure. You know, uh, yeah. to interrupt you, Stu, I'll tell you what. It sounds like as if that this has uh, gotten just a little bit more sophisticated than when it was going on in the 20th century. I remember it like yesterday, and um, it was a lot of shenanigans. But today, it is just amazing that this way of selling cars has uh, become such a, well, I don't want to get bumped off the air, so we'll just move on. I think you guys get the idea. Yeah, but I think uh, Frank Gonzalez, the uh, general manager and partner of Bessemer Kia uh, for providing us with rich material to use this week. Absolutely. I got something else to say. That's Just a nice here. way to put it. A little, uh, little preview. Not next week, but the following week, we're going to have our longest distance mystery shop ever. The previous record holder is held by, uh, is up in Pensacola. I forgot the, uh, the dealer up there. Uh, Alan Turner, I think, up in Pensacola. We're going up to Tennessee and we'll be in the Nashville area. Yeah. And so I'm giving a heads up to the dealers up there. I'm not going to tip you off onto which franchise. I won't say uh, anything. We're going <laughs> to <we're gonna laughs> mystery shop. Uh, but uh, how far away is Nashville? About 800 miles? Something that's, like that? that's Sherry. <laughs> we'll do that after the show. Nine-hour drive. Yeah. Uh, all I know is Agent Lightning is excited. More than yeah. Nashville. Okay, guys. I'm going to interrupt everybody and go to our first-time female caller, and her name is Tanya and she lives in the Jupiter area. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning, Nancy. Welcome. Um, this is my first. Thank you so much, Nancy, and I, I've been listening to you now for a couple months, and I have a question. Um, we've had some really cold nights, and when I leave for work in the morning, halfway when I'm on my way to work, my tire pressure light comes on, and it says to you know it shows the tire that that is a little low and why is that every time that it gets cold well um, I'm gonna send that question over to Rick but off the top of my head I do have to answer that because I do check my PSI on uh, my own vehicle and uh, 
the temperature really affects your tires and uh, you have to check your tire pressure whenever it is cold and it has certainly certainly been colder so it is going to really affect your tire pressure now we'll go to our genius who sits across from me rick it's actually just plain physics really cold temperatures causes pressures to decrease uh, if you took a balloon and blew up a balloon tied it up and put it in your freezer in a few hours it would shrink down as the air got a lot colder inside that pressure decreases and the balloon would get a lot smaller bring it out let it come back to room temperature it's going to come back up and it's just a matter of cold causes pressures to decrease so you can add a little bit of air to your tires that's why I always recommend keeping your tires up at the level that is the number on the sidewall of the tire that keeps it a little higher than that threshold point for the tire pressure sensors so when you do get that cold air and the pressures go down you don't lose as much pressure in the tires. And Tanya there's no danger to uh, drive the car when you get in the garage and that's and the warning sensor comes on because as soon as the tires warm up the air in the tire will expand and it'll be up to standard recommendations. So you're talking a couple PSI, three or four pounds per square inch, and that comes back quickly as you drive the car. Uh, but like Rick says, so you don't have to see the light at all, just put about five more pounds of air in the tire uh, than you have and it won't even come on. You'll never know that the air is expanding because the light won't be coming on. You need to get over that threshold. Tanya, let me take a moment and let you know that you sound like a educated consumer uh, because that uh, pressure in your tires is really important. It's amazing uh, what it affects on your car. Uh, but this, all, all, these tires are, are carrying a lot of, well, how many, how many pounds would you say, Rick? How many uh, tons? What, what is the number? Well, the average car right now is about 4,000 pounds. 4,000 pounds. And it, it affects the wear and tear on your tires. Um, everything that you have in your trunk affects your tire. It's just amazing. So uh, you are definitely on the money, an educated consumer. And I can't thank you enough for calling and uh, saying hello to us and, here. And that was, that was, yeah, and that was a really great explanation because the PSI, when the light comes on, for example, it'll say, you know, 28. And hmm. then as the day gets warmer and I start my car, and um, then it goes up to 30. You know, so that definitely makes your explanation was excellent. That, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a real confirmation. Thank you so much, and I hope to hear All from right. you again. Oh, thank you so much, Nancy, and I love your show, and my husband and I listen every Saturday morning, so um, this is the first time I've, I've called, so I, I really appreciate your, your explanation and, and your, your advice. Oh, so th thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Spread the word, Tanya. Tell your girlfriends and tell them to give us a call because they can too can win $50 for I the first two new will. callers. Yes, I certainly will, Nancy. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Thank you. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Yes, we will. You too. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I had to mention that because there's more game. more women watching the Super Bowl uh, this year than ever before. So things are things I, are moving in the yes. right direction for women. 
They are. They are. I, I agree. There's a lot more women watching this year. Yeah, we have and, a we have a whole and, lot more to do, and we can do it. Yes. Thanks again. We do, Nancy. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And don't forget about Earl's vigilantes. Um, the uh, Earl's hat got a lot of. Well, it got a lot of attention this past week, and there's a whole lot more, well, uh, people at the Big Dog Ranch that uh, know all about Girls Vigilantes, and I think Stu can uh, sum it up for us. Well, we've set up a website, which is a kind of a meeting place for people who want to help consumers in their area, uh, help them avoid getting ripped off, uh, getting a car or getting a car service, and people who need help. So, and it's a a one-stop shopping. It's... Um, earlsvigilantes.com if you go there you can volunteer to be a vigilante or you can find your state and find one of our vigilantes um, and you're able to contact them to get advice and assistance getting uh, your car getting your car serviced uh, or fixed Uh, we actually have uh, uh, collision experts body shop experts as well and so it's a great resource uh, uh, if you need some information uh, in the week before uh, you know before Saturday, <laughs> or you can call us and we'll give you the advice too. But if you sign up to be vigilante, you get a cool hat with a cool logo patch uh, embroidered on it. It's a I nice forgot to wear hat. my hat this morning. Oh yeah, well it was a rush this morning, so you're forgiven. Uh, but anyway, go to earlsvigilantes.com, check it out. It's a cool looking site. And also while I'm plugging uh, our uh, web activities, we also have a refreshed, remodeled, uh, recommended dealer list, and that's at gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. It's all one word: gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. And we have graded all the dealerships that we've mystery shopped over the years. And um, I did a little count. There was a period of time before we started sa- uh, saving these uh, mystery shops digitally. <laughs> At one point, I think you were actually getting handwritten reports in the very beginning. So they're not all there. There's <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of them. But um, like I'm looking back, we were doing mystery shops back in 2005, 2006. And um, I think the earliest ones there, I think, are on from 2012. So uh, the oldest ones are probably lost to history. <laughs> but yeah. you know, but this, some of those dealers might not even be in business anymore. So these, this is a refreshed, up-to-date list of uh, the behavior of car dealers in South Florida and beyond. You know, that's interesting that you mentioned that about handwritten. Uh, here we are 17 years later. And uh, eh, I'm kind of an old-fashioned girl, believe it or not, and I'm still pen and paper. I do have my PC. I, I would love to get a camera on, on your, on your yeah, setup over I got, there. I got papers <laughs> uh, up, up to my eyeballs, and uh, my problem is I don't throw everything away. But my, oh, my, how things have changed as far as this show is concerned. We have definitely moved into the 21st century and include a lot of consumers that weren't even recognized some time ago. Let's get to the callers. We've got our YouTube over here. Rick, what's the YouTube? Uh, Michael Elliott's asking, Earl, should I trade my car in or sell it to a private party? It's a 2014 Nissan Maxima with 89,000 miles. And he also asks, do I have to pay dock fees in Kentucky? Probably uh, pay dock fees in Kentucky. I don't know. We'll have to double check on that. We can Google it for you and get you an answer. Uh, as far as selling your car on, online, selling it yourself, uh, that wasn't a bad idea a long time ago, uh, but it's a hassle, uh, and uh, it's always been a hassle. Uh, we recommend that you use some digital uh, selling techniques, and one of those would be Carvana. Uh, another one would be CarMax. 
Another one would be WeBuyAnyCar.com. And uh, I, I might be leaving out a couple, but uh, the whole the whole used car uh, world has become digitalized in the past two or three years. And it's so easy now to get prices on a used car. I mean, you can check sources like KellyBlueBook.com and Cars.com and Edmunds.com. Uh, and then the best, if you really want the most accurate, uh, did he mention the make of the car? A Nissan Maxima. Okay. Um, you probably got two or three Nissan dealers in your market. Call the used car dealer, a manager at each uh, different Nissan dealership and say, I have a car I want to sell you. I don't want to buy a car from you. I just want to sell a car. And go over there and let them appraise your car. Dealers buy cars, uh, uh, as many as they can. Uh, used cars are in short supply, high demand, low supply. So they like to buy your car, but they also like to buy it cheap. So what you do is you go to the first Nissan dealer and say, give me your best price on this car. I want to sell it. I'm downsizing. Uh, you know, pandemic, uh, uh, unemployment, I've got problems. I need the money. I've got another car in the family. What will you pay me? Because I'm going to go to the Nissan dealer down the street, see what he'll pay me, and then I'm going to the Nissan dealer over here, and then I'm going to CarMax to get the idea. Competition. Get the best price you can from each dealer, and that's probably going to be your best price in your market. Yep. And also, answer about Kentucky Doc Thieves. Uh, Earl Nancy, I have a good friend up in uh, Louisville, uh, uh, Dennis, and he's got a Toyota dealership up there. Yeah. Uh, he has a Doc Fee, I think it's two ninety nine. And I looked it up. The, the data is old, but in Kentucky, um, it's around $300, $350 is the average, mm -hmm. and uh, up to about $700. So not as bad as it is in South Florida, but there's no cap in Kentucky. So they yeah. can charge whatever they want and call it whatever they want. Great mm -hmm. information, Stu. Earl, I have a question for you. Let's say before the pandemic, um, I know a lot of consumers that have sold their used car privately. And the reason for it is because they'll get more for it if they have the time. And there's the security and safety, you know, to take into consideration. But would you say that was an accurate statement? Now, like I said, before the pandemic, because nobody's going to have anybody come into their house to take a look at a car. Well, it wasn't so much the pandemic. It was the fact of digitalization of the used car market uh, where you can get a price for your car from many other sources and you can get a competitive price. Uh, when you're dealing with an individual, you have credit problems, you have security problems, uh, you have credibility problems. Uh, selling a car from one individual to another can be a real nightmare. And I, I, I would put that on the bottom of my list. Safety issues too. Safety issue, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I, I don't recommend it. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, uh, it might have been kind of a good idea today it's a bad idea yeah definitely today it would be a bad idea but back then a person would get more for their car than they would if they took it in and uh you know sold it anyway we're going to go uh, to the phone lines and we're going to talk to marty good morning marty good morning how are you we're well thank you uh quick question i've got a 2019 camry that is on a lease the lease is up in november if I decide not to get another Camry, in other words, not, not get the 500 and not, not save the 350 uh, for Southeast Toyota by, uh, by, by, by getting another Toyota, can I sell that car outright? Will somebody buy it so I can make any money on it? Well, you have to find, you have to do the arithmetic, Marty. There's a purchase option that you have 
in your lease contract. So you need to find out what that number is. And then you well, need let's say it's seventeen thousand. Okay. Seventeen thousand. Now then you have to determine what the market value for your two thousand nineteen Camry is in your market. And you can get that the same way I just described before, uh, by shopping it with other Toyota dealers. You could go to a Toyota dealer used car department and see what they would pay for your used Camry. And uh, you don't have to tell them you don't own it at the time, and you don't have to have a, tell them it's a lease car. Uh, just tell them you, you want to sell it. And uh, that way you'll determine the market price versus the 2000, uh, versus the purchase option price. So if the market price is higher, then you, you exercise your purchase option price and you flip it. You turn around and sell it to the dealer that uh, offered you more money than the purchase option price. Can any dealer, though, buy it for my uh, payoff price? They can't buy it. No, well, the, the, the dealer can't buy it if you want to exercise the option. Uh, they can buy it if you don't exercise the option, but uh, you have the right of first refusal on, on buying that car. I mean, do I physically have to buy it and then sell it? Well, what you do is you, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, sometimes the dealer do, they, it's called an in and out deal, so it's a simultaneous transaction so that you'll handle the purchasing and then the, and the selling and the reselling back to you. Uh, but you got to watch out because that's an opportunity for um, some dealers to slip in hidden fees on that, even though you're buying your own car. And there's also a fee from the lessor yeah. uh, to you that you'll have to pay, and uh, the dealer will typically charge you their uh, dock fee, hidden fee. A dealer fee, whatever you want to call it, and that's a factor. So that's something you should negotiate uh, with the dealers. Say, listen, uh, I'm not going to pay you this if you, uh, I'd rather deal with another dealer and won't, won't charge me any fee or whatever. But you will have to pay the fee to the leasing company. Okay. So in other words, you have to pay a fee. In other words, normally, if you don't get another uh, Toyota, you're going to pay three fifty. Exactly. Exactly. So, in other words, you're going to still pay 350, even though you're buying it. Uh, exactly, and and then you would also have to. Uh, um, in, well, you're not going to. The one thing you're going to get out of you're not going to have your above uh, average wear and tear because you're going to be buying the car. So, the wear and tear is your problem. Okay, but in other words, even if you did this through uh, your dealership. Still have to pay the 350, but in your dealership, I'm not going to get any uh, dealer fees. Exactly. Exactly. We, we we have no fees. Right. Okay. All right. Let me see what happens in November. Okay. Call us if you need any more information, Marty. Thanks very much for the call. Yeah, Marty. Okay. Give us a call again. He's 77-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And that little teaser that I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show about uh, how to pay less for your insurance, boy, Alan, if you're listening, give us a call. Uh, did you know that uh, certain policies have a standard uh, offer, and it's uh, low mileage? And uh, if you, like everyone else, is you're, sometimes your car sitting in the garage forever, um, you ought to take advantage of looking into your insurance policy. Uh, I think we have a no, no, no. no call. All right, we got plenty of text and honest feedback to get to. There he is. There is a call. I hope snuck back in. Yeah, good Alan. morning. Alan. 
Yeah, good morning. Ms. Allen and Jupiter. Uh, oh. I have a question. I was listening to the previous caller regarding leases. I have a, a, a 2018 Mercedes E300 that I leased for three years. I liked the car, so we bought it. And uh, uh, my question is, is it generally a smart thing to buy uh, the leased car? Uh, I, uh, I know it you know, it depends, I guess, on the residual value. Are there car manufacturers that are better buys than others or, um, or leases uh, uh, to deal with? Yes, it is, Alan. If you can get it near the market value, you don't have to buy it below the market value if you want it yourself. Best thing about the 2018 Mercedes is that you drove it for three years. You know the car. You know you took care of it, or you know you didn't take care of it, but you know the car. When you buy a um, a car off a used car lot, it's a pig and a poke. You don't know what happened. You have to take the seller's word generally. You can do car, you can check some facts and, and have it checked out by a mechanic, but you know that 2018 Mercedes better than anybody. So if it's a good car and you had no problems with it, you maintained it, uh, it it'd be worth $1,000 more than what you could uh, buy it for if you had to buy it off of a lot. Yeah. Uh, another comment on buying the car, I went to the dealer uh, and asked him about buying it from him and, uh, you know, if that was a smarter way to do it. Well, they guarantee the, the dealer in question just said, well, we guarantee the car, they buy the car back from you after you, uh, and then they lease, send it, sell it to you, but they add another year's uh, in uh, warranty to the car but they charge you for that of course plus a dealer's fee involved in uh, the transaction yeah. so i bought it directly from mercedes-benz uh, leasing company whatever that was that was smart and uh, and they didn't uh, we had just had a uh, whatever the title tags and uh and uh, yeah. uh what uh, interest what was it tax yeah. was involved but that was it but anyway it's just my comment uh, you, it's a great show you have and thank you for being there well thank you alan and that was a smart move you made dealing directly with the mercedes you saved yourself some money and that warranty probably wasn't worth the paper it was printed on anyway probably a powertrain right yeah okay well thank you very much you all have a good day you too Bye. thank you alan uh you know i have to take a moment and thank all of you who are listening who are texting who are calling, you're an important part of the show, and we certainly appreciate you every single Saturday. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Don't forget, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And I have $50 uh, for one more new female caller. Now to Stu. Hello. Thanks, Rick. Before we get to Anne Marie's uh, text, because she always has the first text of the day, that's a new tradition. Anne Marie gets the first text of the day. But this was made, this made me laugh. We were talking about um, dealerships hiring um, event um, coordinators to come in and put on these sales, heavy hitting, hard, high pressure stuff. Uh, Robert in Annapolis texted us and reminded uh, me there's a movie out called The Goods. Well, it came out a decade ago, I think 2011, um, about a car dealership that is about to go out of business, they have to sell 200 cars that month, so they call in a company to do a sale at What's their the dealership. The it's called The Goods. It starts uh, Jeremy Piven, uh, Ving Rhames is in it. The, the, it's the. a comedy, The Goods. 
the goods, the goods yeah. G O O D S. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so it's it's one it's a hilarious it's a comedy about a car dealership uh, uh, doing everything they can to sell 211 cars oh, in a I short gotta, period of time. I watch that. And uh, yeah, I, I already looked it up. You can rent it on um, or get it on Amazon Prime. So oh, cool. You Are those car dealers right here in Palm Beach County? I think it was in <laughs> Las Vegas, but I could be wrong. I don't remember where the setting was. But, yeah. <laughs> but we'll jump over to, to Anne-Marie's text. And uh, Anne-Marie says, good morning. I was watching Motor Week last Saturday, and they showed an electric pickup truck being put through its paces on a very snowy track. That got me wondering about the performance of EVs, the electric vehicles, um, under extreme cold and heat conditions. How could the EV battery be protected from extreme cold or extreme heat so the vehicle starts every time one wants to go somewhere? Internal combustion vehicles have engine heaters up in Minnesota. What would EVs need up there? What would EV batteries in the heat of a summer in Arizona need? How impervious to temperature extremes are EV or hybrid batteries? Thanks. Looking at you, Rick. Ooh. <laughs> that one is, I'm going to admit it, it's over my head. Really? Um, well, let me take a stab at it. I, th I, think, I think that uh, what Amory is referring to is when we start, first started out with electric vehicles, it was a huge problem, and uh, they were laughing at the Chevrolet Volt because if you had one in Minneapolis, uh, you know your your expected life or the distance you would go would go from uh, 300 miles to 75 miles. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just all a matter of technology, and uh, uh, I don't believe that temperature is going to be a challenge. Uh, I, th I think that uh, that the technology of the battery uh, that they've designed today. Uh, every day goes by, there's a better battery. And this is what it's all about, batteries. And uh, there's a huge, huge, you look at the vaccine we have for the COVID virus, where am I going with that? Well, uh, when, when we got hit with the COVID virus, they said it's gonna take 10 years to develop a vaccine. And they got one in less than a year. The, the, the scientific knowledge and data that we have today is focused on, on batteries and electric vehicles. And we're talking now about an electric vehicle, autonomous electric vehicle, in two years. And that's the Apple Hyundai Kia uh, merger. So uh, I, I don't think, Anne Marie, to answer your question, that uh, today or tomorrow it's going to get better and better yeah, and better. They're not going to let that stop this. No, this is, no, this no, is no, inevitable. No. Yeah. All but right. When, when I say it was over my head, I just mean uh, more out of my range of expertise. Oh yeah, sure, it's out of my but range. I, I, I guarantee, don't, yeah. like you said, the engineers that are designing them have yeah. taken that into account. Yeah. Yeah. And they've probably got batteries that can handle Yeah, we can't Alaska's tell you the specific technology that, that's gonna yeah. handle that. But if we know a, if a Tesla it. had stopped in Minnesota during the winter, it would be front page. Yeah. Everybody was after Tesla, you know. Elon Musk, he's a smart ass. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, he, he smokes marijuana, uh, he's crazy. Just he breaks truck companies, companies going down the tubes. It's never going to make it, and now they're worth more money than all the other auto manufacturers together. And he's the richest man in the world. And he's the richest man yeah. in the world, and uh, and uh, I guarantee you, if there was a hiccup with a, one of his cars having a problem in cold weather, we'd have heard about it. Oh yeah, you remember when that car crashed and there was a fire, and it was front page oh, yeah. news uh, for a long time, and it, it really called into question the safety of it. But he overcame that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, he smoked marijuana. <laughs> Big deal. How about Einstein? How about Beethoven? Beethoven. Uh, how about uh, I can a whole list of people that uh, did just that? Wow, were they intelligent? 
Hmm? I digress. <laughs> All right. Uh, Craig uh, sends the text. He says he wasn't able to call into the show today, but he listens all the time. says, good afternoon, Earl. I have a great question for Saturday. Won't be able to call in. I own a 2014 Jeep Cherokee 2.4 liter that needs to have the spark plugs changed. I was quoted a price um, of $465 from Auto Nation Pembroke Pines with the service advisor telling me it's a two-hour labor job. After watching a YouTube video, I changed the spark plugs, plugs myself in about 25 minutes. I understand the service department is one of the most profitable areas of any dealership, but how can they justify charging two hours of labor and get away with it? Well, I, uh, because they can, uh, and uh, yeah. uh, the uh, hours are not clock hours, they're flat rate hours, and a uh, flat rate hour is not it's somewhat related to time, but it was established by the manufacturer or somebody's book. Automation, it probably was a legitimate factory flat rate manual. And they measure, um, they have a laboratory with technicians working on cars. And when they have a new operation on a car, uh, they time, I suppose many technicians probably come up with an average time for an average technician to fix it. And uh, that's what they put out and that's what you get charged even though the technician, Rick is a technician, he can fix a lot of cars in half the flat rate time chronologically, and a good technician will generally average well below the flat rate time chronologically in terms of real time. And uh, so that charge you see on the repair order uh, of $185 an hour uh, is really more like uh, over $300 an hour because in terms of time. It's another illusory, deceptive, maybe not so intentional, but maybe it is way car dealers uh, charge you. And the whole automotive industry, the independent industry, uses flat rates. There's a, what are the different manuals? There's a Chilton. Uh, Chilton, uh, and, you know, Chilton, and you know, uh, people publish these things, sell them to dealers, so that the customer says, why don't you charge me two hours? Well, it says right here in the Chilton manual. That's the, oh, the, the big one right now is all data. Mm -hmm. All data. It, it's on, online, but yeah. again, it's, it's just a, a source for flat rate times. Yeah, the hour that you get charged is not a clock hour. It's a hour manufactured uh, for the charge on the car. They shouldn't call it hour. They should call it points or, or uh, units, or they should say, but to use the word hour, is, uh, I think, intentionally deceptive. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got more texts. Let's jump back over to them. Um, thanks. Uh, this also, this follow-up question, well, I'm sorry, another question from Robert in, in Annapolis, Maryland. It's a serious question. I rack my brain wondering in what circumstances a lease is a good option for a consumer, but I truly can't think of one. Is there any point that a lease is a good overall long-term option? A lease is a good option for a business for their balance sheet. And uh, you know, the businesses are, are concerned about their, about their uh, uh, balance sheet, their profit and loss statement. And they want to be, they want to have uh, something that an uh, auditor or CPA looks at and says, there's a stronger business. So when you lease a vehicle, it doesn't become a, it's a, you make a monthly payment and it enhances the uh, value of your balance sheet. Uh, you don't carry a purchase and a monthly payment if you have to finance it. So there's a, a very subtle technical advantage to a business. There is no advantage to the individual consumer. Now with that said, 
the manufacturers and the dealers love to lease your cars so much that the manufacturers and the leasing companies come up with special incentives to uh, motivate you to lease a car. And if that, if that motivation is strong enough for a lease, it can make a purchase second choice. And you should always evaluate a lease in case there's a special deal. They'll, they'll kick up the residual value, they'll lower the rate, just to suck you into leasing. Right. They want you to lease because when you lease, you're far more likely to come back. You have to come back because it's their car. Right. So you have to come back to return the car, and then they're going to get you with another purchase or another lease. The funny thing is uh, dealers uh, will try to convince consumers to lease, saying that you don't have to worry about depreciation, and that's complete nonsense because the entire your lease payment is depreciation. Yeah. So barring an enhanced uh, um, lease program from a manufacturer, it's it's one, six to one half dozen. They're going to pay uh, yeah. uh, depreciation on a lease payment, or you're going to pay depreciation when you trade your car in. Yeah. And they they'll also say, well, if you if you tend to trade your car in every three years, which I don't know very many people that do that, but if you did that, then leasing would make sense. And I'll go back to what Earl said, unless there's a enhancement and some kind of incentive program that's supporting that, it's generally uh, not that great of an idea. Yeah, leasing. Another reason leasing came to be was because of no down payment. I mean, think about it. Anything else you lease, you lease it. You know, you lease a building, you lease this. Right. You have a security deposit, but you don't yeah, have down payments. No. <laughs> so with car, with car leasing, they give you a low payment and say, hey, you know, that's great. It's a lease. Well, yeah, $5,000 yeah. down. You, you show me one advertised lease by a dealer or a manufacturer that doesn't have a significant, usually large, down payment in the fine print. So... They've taken a lease and they've turned it into a, a way to move the metal, to, to get cars sold uh, to you, to have you take the legal obligation to make the payments. It's not a purchase, but you know what I'm saying. It gets the car out the door. And leasing is a great tool because it brings you back. Gets you out the door, ka-ching, they make the money, and it brings you back and they sell you another one, ka-ching. So it's purely a tool of the dealers to make money. There you go. All right, we got a text from Larry in Columbus, and I don't know if that's Columbus, Georgia, Columbus, Ohio. Where, where else is there at Columbus? <laughs> Could be at Columbus, Florida. I don't know. But Larry in Columbus says, uh, what do you think about waiting until they put me in the box before acting like I was changing my mind about buying the car and then saying I have to leave to see if they'll chase me out and offer a lower <laughs> price? Your mystery shoppers have threatened to leave only to wind up with a better deal. Figured I'd give it a try. Thoughts? Uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's a great bluff, uh, and and uh, I have one of my favorite expressions is it's not a bluff. The best bluff is when you're not bluffing. So I, I think you should turn around and walk out, uh, walk out slowly so they can catch you. Don't run too fast, uh, because oftentimes they'll come out to the car and say, "Listen, come on back in. Uh, I got an idea." Uh, so if you want to play that game, uh, that's the way to do it. Is uh, the ultimate uh, bluff is to say uh, the price is too high and I'm going to your competition and slowly walk out the door, slowly get in your car and see what happens. If they don't chase you, then go to the competition and get another price. Yeah. Sometimes they stand in front of the car. Yeah. So, um, but I think if you do follow our advice and you get three out the door prices and you wound up at the dealership, um, you might not need to do that. Um, However, if uh, you know if you want to give it a shot, it's worth trying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they were honest up to that point and they gave you, they were clear and gave you information, 
uh, maybe they're giving you a good deal. But Yeah, three prices is always the way to go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, have to mention Consumer Report. Uh, what a great magazine. And uh, in the March edition is 10 car owners love the most. And boy, I'll tell you what, it is really got a lot of road report here. And it's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting, that list of the cars that uh, owners love the most. Uh, pick it up, go online, cr.org, I believe. Uh, if I'm wrong, somebody correct me if you're listening here in the <laughs> studio. Uh, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. I want to thank Nancy, because um, I was going to say, no, it's actually just consumerreports.org. But I tried CR.org and it works. You just saved me a ton of time. Thank you. You cut down my typing time. <laughs> you know, I have to also add that uh, uh, Sue Fogelman is uh, desperately looking for an answer to her question. And her question is that uh, she wants to know why a, her new car, I believe this is her personally, uh, she didn't put it exactly like that. Uh, I'll, I'll read it word, word for word. How do you feel about new cars cut off when stopping at lights? Yeah, that's the uh, fuel-saving feature. It's an automatic cutout. When you, put the, when you step on the brake at a light, your engine actually shuts off, so it's not burning any gas. And then as soon as you lift your foot off the brake pedal, the ignition starts and it starts the car. It's about as smooth as they can make it. Um, but I answered her on Facebook. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. I know it's a good thing, but it's annoying. Um, it's a little unsettling to feel complete quiet if you're not in an electric vehicle <laughs> and your engine stops and you lose that vibration. Yeah. And there is a slight hesitation when you um, take your foot off the brake and it starts. It's a quick thing. You can't really just slam onto the gas and take off, uh, which might be the reason why I turn mine off um, on every car trip. Uh, there's a button and you can turn it off if you oh. find it annoying. Now the problem is the button doesn't keep it off all the time. As soon as you stop your car and start it up again, um, the system is reactivated and you have to turn it off again. But uh, What about the Lexus that Earl drives? I don't know. Do you have that? Where does the automatic stop? I, I don't want it. I hope I don't have it. And if I did, I wouldn't use it. I think it's a joke. All right. There you go, Sue. <laughs> unvarnished <laughs> opinions here on Earl's Street Toyota. Me, it Earl sucks. I hate it. <laughs> and Stu, because he's a cowboy. Okay. We are going to go to the uh, telephones and we have Howard from Jupiter. He's a regular caller. And uh, thank you for holding, Howard. Good morning. That's quite a right. <clears throat> um, I'm going to make a correlation between tires and batteries. And then you say, well, what kind of a relationship does a tire have to do with the battery? Okay, here's my, my uh, formulation. Uh, batteries last about five years, and more or less. Cause it'll be if you're lucky. More, it could be less. That, that correct, Rick? Tires should last five or more years also. No matter how much the thread, life, the thread that you have left, I think aging on tires, you have to start worrying about it if the tire is five years old. Um, a friend of mine uh, who lives down here permanently uh, said uh, he doesn't have to worry about the tires when, when the uh, tread life goes down to, you know, he has a penny and he puts the penny in and he says, when I can't see Lincoln's head, uh, you know, uh, when I uh, put the penny in and uh, there's nothing to show, 
uh, flat, then I'll get uh, uh, tires. I told him that that's wrong because you have to uh, realize that the rubber ages and uh, you, you could be driving on dangerous tires. Uh, what do you think of that, Rick? Personally, I think as long as the tires aren't showing major cracks or anything from dry rot, I don't really have too big of an issue with the age of the tires below, say, seven to eight or nine years old. Well, six years is what the NHTA says. Uh, so it's uh, there's yeah. some, six years is uh, is a, uh, a point where you start you start being concerned. If there's no cracks and you do a visual inspection, then you're good to go. But yep. I, I wouldn't buy a set of tires, uh, and you can check the manufacturing date on tires. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy a set of tires that was uh, four or five years old. No, uh -uh. I'd buy a fresh set. Be sure they were manufactured this year. But six years is where you need to raise the red flag and be concerned. Okay, does it have to do with the climate? For example, uh, take a, a car in uh, Phoenix, Arizona compared to a car in New York City, compared to a car in uh, uh, Southern Florida. Uh, sure. Would the tires uh, be affected by those climates? Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. Oh. I mean, we have on the planet, you know, you, you, you make a Firestone or a Michelin tire, you got some on the Sahara Desert, you got some in, in the Antarctic, Antarctic, and so you have extremes. So uh, manufacturers build things to fit an average if you're in an extreme environment, you better be careful. I understand that. Uh, so where, in other words, before you buy a tire, let's say you go into a Firestone, you have to check when the, when the, uh, the tire was manufactured. Is you, that a good question to ask uh, the person, let's say, at Firestone? Well, you can, you can check for yourself, and Rick remembers the code. I can never remember the code, but it's on the sidewall of tire, obviously, and you, I guess the inside wall. And... Uh, well, what's the code that it will tell the date of a tire, Rick? Well, how do you interpret that? There's what's called a DOT number, and it's going to be sometimes printed on both sides of the tire, on the sidewall, but the date code is usually only going to be on one side. And what you're looking for is the very last four digits, and there'll be something in the name of, uh, well, um, let me correct my mind here. It's the last four digits, the first two are going to be from 01 to 52, and that's the number of the week of the year that it was produced, and the last two digits are the year that it was produced. So if it's like 0421, that tire was made in the fourth week of 2021. If it's 50 of 17, it was in the 50th week of 2017. And there's no law against a tire dealer selling you a car that was manufactured in 1912. So another one of our stupid uh, situations that we do for consumer uh, you know, protection, uh, there is no law saying that someone can't sell you a, a tire that was ma manufactured in the 19th century. So uh, it's stupid, but that's the way it is. So it's a good idea to check and be sure that you buy this year's tire. You know, it doesn't have to be the one that was built yesterday or last week, but the one that was built this year. Yeah, what an understatement, gosh. Oh, thank you for the information. Have a good day. Thanks for calling, Howard. You're welcome, Howard. Um, I, I know of uh, consumers just recently <coughs> that have bought batteries that are outdated, not alone tires, 
So it's still happening. You really have to do your homework. Well, old batteries and old tires don't go away. Somebody sells them sometimes. So if a, if a tire doesn't get sold, uh, you know they're not going to throw it away. It's legal to sell. So I would think a reputable uh, tire seller like Firestone probably uh, would probably say Michelin would probably uh, the dealer would probably say, look, we didn't sell this tire uh, last year or, or the year before. Uh, I know a guy that'll buy them. <laughs> and you just want to be sure you don't buy them from the guy that the Michelin dealer, the reputable Michelin dealer, sold them because he wouldn't sell them to his customer. But I promise you, they don't throw them away. And uh, they sell them and somebody else, uh, eventually down the line, some, some sure. sucker comes in and buys them because yeah. the price is right. Yeah, sure. Everybody's, uh, well, not everyone, but a lot of people are flying under the radar. Stu, do you have... Uh, oh, yeah. I got so much material here, it'll last us You're gonna stay 20 minutes. You're going to stay all week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, text here. It says, I had my car in for service at my local Toyota dealer here in the Orlando area. I was told I need new brake, brake pads. I told them to hold off because I only have 35,000 miles on my Corolla, and it seemed like it was too soon. I asked some friends on Facebook, and overwhelmingly, I was advised that there was no way my car would be ready for brakes at 35,000 miles. Uh, with the exception of one friend who said by 30,000 miles, I would likely need brakes. I'm going with the majority. What does your team think about this? Well, I, uh, Rick, Rick will tell you a lot of it depends on how you drive. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, you shouldn't have to have brakes in 35,000, but if you don't drive right, don't if, you, if you drag your foot on the brake and some other things, seems... uh, you should have it checked. I mean, it's not worth risking your life to save money. And, uh, and you, you, you go to a reputable uh, dealer, and you ask them to show you the brake pads yeah. and explain. That's the answer right there. I mean, have them show the pads, but I mean, I don't think it's it's not unreasonable by 35,000 miles to have your brake pads worn, is it? I mean. I, I have seen cars, Prius even, that normally the brakes well, you can't don't count, even wear. You can't count the hybrid, yeah. But I, I have seen Priuses with ten or 12,000 miles that need brakes because the, the person driver, lives yeah. near the ocean and salt has yeah. a huge effect yeah but yeah. i go with the missouri answer show me take yeah. me out to my car yeah show me the brakes on don't bring me a brake pad because you might have pulled that out of the trash can take me out to my car show me the pads and show me the little brake measurement tool you have which is just a simple uh it's a three color gauge basically green yellow and red mm -hmm. and they just hold it up against the brake pad and it should show you how thick that and you might is. be thinking that i wouldn't know what i was looking at because i have never seen a brake pad in my life and uh if he showed it to me i wouldn't know you might be, be thinking that but he doesn't know that and so when you bring it in you say listen uh, i want you to check my brakes and if you think i need brakes i want you to pull the pads and i want to take a look at them to verify it That'll put the fear of God in him, and he'll probably be a lot more careful about trying to sell you uh, brake pads you don't need. Yeah, a lot more honest because it is the pads. Okay. All right, next one. Uh, what do you recommend for car dealing services? Do you suggest a private mobile service or one of those auto spas I see around town? Uh, detailing, uh, detailing, cleaning, cleaning oh. your car. Oh, gosh, I, you know, I mean. I would. Yeah, I would, I would look for, um, if you're on Facebook or if you have any groups, uh, uh, look for recommendations. I think it all depends on who you get. I mean, mm -hmm. um, you want someone with a good reputation that's reliable and it's not going to damage your car. Look for, look for a, a car wash that has a long line. Yeah, yeah uh, that's, 
That's or a you great can stop one. by my house. I detail my car right in the mm -hmm. right in the driveway. Um, something oh. else you can do, which is a little unconventional, um, and I'm not kidding, but downtown West Palm Beach, you'll see in these uh, buildings uh, with the, like law firms, they'll be set up in there. There will be a, uh, a detail thing in the parking garage, uh, cleaning the cars of all these uh, all these high. Uh, powered lawyers up down there and so I would think they would know where to go they're getting their Mercedes uh, clean so yeah, that's a great place yeah. uh, we're gonna go back to the phone lines and uh, we're gonna go to West Palm Beach John's calling good morning John hey good morning I have a technical question this is for a 2002 Toyota Avalon okay and, uh, we just purchased the car we just purchased the car and before I take the dash apart uh, the lights on the clock and radio and the uh, air conditioner, those are not lighting up. Um, is there something I should check before that, before taking it apart and changing those little light bulbs in the rear? Uh, that, that's my question. How do I get that to light back up again? Uh, those are all part of the same illumination circuit on there. So it's most likely the bulbs have just burned out. Um, unfortunately, it just means a matter of disassembling and replacing those little bulbs. Could it be a fuse? No, because it would that would take out a lot more than just those. The the fuse that powers those powers a whole bunch of things. Okay, because you could see the clock working, uh, but it's very very dim and nothing brightens it up. Just uh, so I'm, I'm thinking that it's the light bulbs. Uh, well, if you can see the clock, because it's it's a digital clock, you may have something else going on there. You may have a wiring issue. Okay. All right. Then maybe something's loose. Then. Uh, uh, yeah, that, okay. that's that's All something right. you'd want to uh, get in and do a little extra checking on it. Make sure you got proper voltage getting to everything in there. Okay, very good. Uh, all right, uh, like I said, okay, very good. All right, thank you. Yep. Thanks, thank you, John. John. Two right. 2002 car, there's an 18-year-old car, and I guess you just have, sometimes have to put up with little things like that. Uh, you should be happy the car runs well and safely, and if you have a little lighting issue, yeah. uh, the, the, the problem is when you buy an older car, you get a bargain, you get a good price, and uh, and then when you take it in to get something a little fixed, it can cost you a, a pretty good percentage of what you paid for it. I mean, it's a, it's well, a risk. It, it sounded too like John has a little experience and yeah. is a do-it-yourself. Oh, yeah, so. if you're a do-it-yourself, well, that's yeah. a whole different ballgame, yeah, sure. And in a case like that, you know, if you, if you got a little little knowledge, you can, uh, you can work your way through it. And of course, YouTube yeah. is a great place to find information yeah. to help you learn how to get that in. There's there's videos out there on everything. Amazing. Sure. If you want to tinker. Okie doke. Uh, jumping back over to some text messages. Um, why do cars start to feel loose after a few years? The steering wheel, the handling, the handles, the knobs, the windows. Do bolts and screws and welds loosen over time? No, but everything that you've mentioned is a moving part and moving parts wear down eventually. They, they just start to wear and loosen up a little bit. Yeah, that repetitious movement, yep. it has an effect after a while. Compare it to your body, the hands, everything. So there you go.
cars are like people. When they get old, they <laughs> they start Loosen to wear out a little bit. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, this old, is, tired, and angry. I like this one because <laughs> it's a good point. I didn't mention this when I uh, wrote up the mystery shopping report about the, the about mask wearing. Um, Agent Lining did indicate everybody at Best Smith Kia was wearing a mask, so that was okay. good. Um, but the, text, the texter says it's encouraging to see so many car dealerships enforcing mask wearing. In your mystery shop reports earlier last year, it was disheartening to see so many cases disregard. Um, I wonder how many lives could have been saved if these people had gotten their acts together earlier. Uh, preaching to the choir. Yeah. That we made that a feature of the mystery shop reports to always com- comment on that. Um, and you're absolutely right. Back in uh, April, May, even uh, well until there was, even after there were um, mandates by the counties, we still saw incidences yeah. uh, of people not wearing masks or not wearing them properly, wearing them down over their chin uh, or something like that. Yeah, let's hope everybody got the memo that's uh, out there in Tampa, watching that Super Bowl, because some of the news that I saw yesterday, hmm. Or too many without a mask just sauntering around. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Bobby in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bobby. Hi, good morning, everybody. Um, I was calling today uh, about repairs, and my general rule of thumb is that no matter how car old the car is, I get engine and powertrain repairs done at dealers, and then as the car gets older, I tend to get repairs done at more local mechanics at a better price um what do you think about wheel bearings is that something that i i would think that would be a local mechanic's job on an older car i uh, rick yeah a good mechanic can handle wheel bearings without an issue um and could you while we're on wheel bearings could you talk a little bit about sort of wheel bearing noise as opposed to tire tire rods and just all the things that go into sort of the noises and wobbles and shakes that come out of having front-end problems in this case. Um, so a wheel bearing usually makes kind of a, I don't know, it's like a low roar, right? Well, uh, wheel bearings usually, you'll hear like a growling sound that will get louder the, the quicker you go. And one of my tricks that I use for testing a wheel bearing on cars or trying to figure out just where it is, if you can find a road that you can do about 30, 35 miles an hour and have no other traffic, you literally weave the car from side to side so that the weight of the car moves over to each tire. You know, as as you're going side to side, you'll feel the weight of the car moving. And when the weight gets heavier on the side with the bad bearing, the noise will get louder, and when your weight moves to the other side and takes the weight off of that bearing, the noise will quiet down. And that can tell you which side has the bad bearing. And you just got a great excuse to a drunk to get pulled over. You say, <laughs> I was just checking my wheel bearings. Ossifer, my wheel bearings yeah. might have been bad. That's it. That, that's a good tip to zigzagging. I, uh, an old mechanic taught me a trick sometime that if you could find a, a little road that had a building, a building wall next to it. Sometimes you could drive along and hear noises in the car that bounced off the wall. Um, That's wall another building, one I use. Which which helps. We were talking. You were just talking about shakes and shimmies in older cars. So, what causes like a like a I guess more of a shimmy? Like you're going 40, 45 miles an hour. You put the brake on and you get a little wobble. 
get a little bumpy wobble in your brake pedal. What's, what's the cause of that? Uh, when you step on the brake and you feel the, the pedal start to shudder or the steering wheel shudders, that's actually when your brake rotors are beginning to get warped or have thickness variation, that we'll call it. And it means that either the rotors need to be resurfaced or replaced if they're getting too old and too thin. And one of the quick things to do is get up to around highway speeds, uh, 50, 60, 70, and step on the brake kind of firmly and try to determine, is it the steering wheel where you feel it most, or do you feel it kind of in the seat or in your feet down on the floor? And that will tell you, because if it's the steering wheel, it means it's the front brakes are giving you the issue and if you feel it more in the seat of the car, it's usually the back. Hmm. Well, that's a lot of good information. Thanks very much. Thank you, Bob. You're very welcome. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first, first, last, new female caller. There's still time to call in. You must have some experience uh, to share with us, or maybe even uh, just a just a question. 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530, and you can also uh, get in touch with us at www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Stu? Okay. Uh, we have a text from Donna. Now, Donna called us uh, back in July asking a question about uh, recall. I'll just read her text. She says, uh, two questions, two comments. One, I called in July about the Camry recall. At the time, you said I was not in the recall, and I remember that. Actually, I don't entirely, but I can see your text before. You sent us your VIN, we ran it, and your vehicle was not in the recall. She says, now I've received a notice from Toyota <coughs> that she has a recall, but there's nothing to do. So what she's um, alluding to is she was now notified that her car Camry is in the fuel pump recall, but there's not a remedy yet. And so they, she was advised to do nothing. So what do I do? Wait, my two Camrys are not accumulating miles these days. Even though I should come in every six months, the mileage doesn't warrant it. Um, am I putting my tires for life in jeopardy? And that's a question for our dealership. And also I called my insurance company about reducing insurance for low mileage. They said they don't do that in Florida. And she also enjoyed your intro this morning very much. Um, real quick, so I'll let Earl address the recall situation about what you do um, as far as waiting. Uh, now, as far as uh, the, the, the servicing your vehicle, your, your recommended service is to get the, the service done every six months um, or every 5,000 miles regardless, even if you're not putting the miles in it. So you'll still need to do your regular oil changes and tire rotations. Um, so even if you're low mileage, but I'm not clear if any insurance companies do offer um, a low mileage discount or if they'll change your policy, but I'm going to turn it over to Earl to answer your question about what do you do now that you've got the recall notice, but they don't have a fix. Well, there are companies that, you know, are you talking about collision insurance and liability well, insurance? I think her main question is yeah. how does she handle the recall now that she's been notified that she needs a new fuel pump? but they don't have a fix for it yet. Well, Donna, if, if you feel uh, it's a safety issue, I feel it's a safety issue, if you're driving on the expressway and you have this, uh, your, your fuel, fuel pump does malfunction, the car can stop. Is that right, Rick? Yep. You'll, you would feel the engine start to sputter, almost so you're running out of gas, basically. You, you lose power on the expressway. Yep. So to me, that's a safety issue. 
uh, and you had to pull over the side of the road, and who wants to pull over? Nancy and I were on the Sawgrass Expressway uh, uh, last Wednesday, and it's, uh, it's a real uh, exhilarating, uh, scary kind of a thing. And if my fuel pump went out on the Sawgrass Expressway, my whole life would flash in front of me. I, didn't think I, I wouldn't think I'd make it. So what I would do is I would go to the dealer and say, I don't feel safe to drive my car. You can't fix it. I want another car to drive. And they will give you a car to drive. It's a, it's a matter of uh, asking. Uh, they're not going to tell you that, but I'm telling you that. Okay. That answers her question. Let's jump over to anonymous feedback. And uh, the first one uh, came in a couple of days ago. Uh, it says, Business Insider has an article about a global computer chip shortage, which could result in a loss of $61 billion in car sales this year. And several auto manufacturing plants are closing uh, due to shortage of computer trips. And that's true. I read that Ford is pausing production. And I think uh, F-150 plant Dearborn closed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the shortage is also affecting smartphone manufacturing worldwide. And um, I read that the article, um, it looks like because companies like Apple and other you know, high-tech industries, they're willing to spend more money on the chips uh, than the car manufacturers are. So um, they might be getting the lion's share. Uh, we've seen some production slowdowns and some availability issues with Toyota. I don't know if that's related to the computer chip shortage. It is. Um, it is. Now, we've been notified by yeah. Toyota to express less, less production. And yeah, well, we knew that. I didn't know yeah. if it was directly tied to the chips. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that just kind of gives you, kind of illustrates the way cars are made. It, it's a global network of parts and manufacturers, and uh, you know, a, a shortage in one small area of the, of the industry can have an effect that, that you know, propagates out through the whole industry, and it is a serious thing. Um, it also has to do with microchips in general, mm -hmm. because the demand for microchips in this uh, digital age that is absolutely uh, economies and businesses, you think we're in a recession, we're not. We're actually uh, in a, a very prosperous times, depending on the industry. And there's a huge demand for microchips, unanticipated. And microchips go in everything today. I mean, yeah. uh, you're, you don't have anything that you buy, practically. A toothbrush. Yeah, everything's got a microchip. So uh, manufacturers of cars, not only are they selling more cars than ever, I'm, I've got a, this is a current automotive news, I'll hold it up. Uh, the, the headline article says, after record profits amid pandemic, dealer outlook soars for 2021. The big profit right there. And uh, the dealer's profit this year, the year before, the year before, for the past 10 years, the dealer's profit have climbed, climbed, and climbed. In 2020, it soared in 2021. So when a car dealer cries bad mouth, you know, uh, I can't sell you the car that cheap, they're making money hand over fist. Net profit. The average dealer, I think I got it here, the average dealer in 2020 will make $1,786,000. $1,786,000. Hmm. The average dealer. Now that's net profit. That's after bonuses and all the expenses and paying Uncle Sam, uh, one million seven hundred eighty-six thousand. In two thousand nine, the average dealer made six hundred sixty-eight thousand. So they made almost the, the the average dealer today is making almost three times as much money as he did in two thousand nine. So. Uh, Ask yourself, are you making three times as much money now as you did in 2009? 
I don't know no. anybody who is except car dealers. Yeah, and there's a few plants that have closed down, yeah. and uh, it is has really affected the industry. Uh, we're going to go back to the phone lines, and we're going to talk to Frank. Uh, Frank's a regular caller from Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Frank. Well, good morning, Nancy and Earl and the rest of the gang. Um, I had a, a pleasant meeting with two of your employees yesterday. Of all places, I was on US-1 heading northbound and got stopped by the bridge there just after the golf course. And um, I, I could tell, obviously, with the Earl Stewart van that, that was one of your employees, and I, I realized the car in front of them, a Lexus RX350, was probably being taken back to a customer's house because the driver got out wearing his mask, which I go, that's pretty good. You're outside the dealership, and they're still wearing their mask, and went back to chat with the guy in the truck who also had a mask. And I mentioned that I, I know you guys, and and um, and we I told them a few of my jokes and things, and they were nice enough <laughs> to laugh. But um, the, the gentleman you would know as the mouth of the South, he's a tall black gentleman that was driving. I'm horrible with names. Kevin. Uh, Kevin Middlebrook? I think so. But then when I mentioned the name Randy, because my girlfriend, Anne Marie, brings her Lexus into your dealership because it's closer and, and more reasonable in price, and Randy's her um, advisor, and the guy that the car that was being delivered was one of Randy's um, customers. And but of course, it's really nice when the employees always have such good things to say about you and about the big Lexus you drive. And then that reminded me, um, because again, a few weeks ago was your anniversary, and I meant to say when I saw you about two years ago before the pandemic out there on Indian Town Road near the CR Chicks place, mm -hmm. I see this tall gentleman walking out and opening the door for his wife. And you can see they're still in love and happiness, even at their older age. And that was you and, and Nancy. And I um, said hi to you briefly. Well, I'm there, glad I was with Nancy when you saw that. That was that could have been very awkward. <laughs> I, 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 I realized that. That's why I didn't want to say who it really was. No, I'm cheating. But anyway, obviously, and they talked about Big Dog Rescue Ranch and the bagels. And, and it's just, I mean, it's just, you, you, you've got a wonderful personality, a wonderful crew, um, your family your workers is, is really a, a good place to go so well thank you i appreciate the compliment right and yeah, cr I'll, chicks I'll, thank I'll, you, I'll, highly recommend cr chicks by the way oh okay yeah i, I like it too they, they did me a really big favor um for my club i had four turkeys i had to cook and the manager was nice enough to put them on his rotisserie instead of me trying to cook four giant turkeys I, maybe oh, I say that. wow cool yeah. no they're they're good people there and i see sometimes i get their their leftover scraps for my critters, the raccoons, it's like they're uh, Thanksgiving. They're great people, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you. Keep the show up. I, I'm telling more people about you, and I'm trying to get some female callers, Nancy. They're, uh, they're out there. They definitely so. are. They're just a little shy. Yeah. Exactly. Unlike me. But you have a good day, and thank you for taking the call as always. I love hearing you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Frank. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960. Don't forget. I have $50 for the next new female caller. Now back to Stu. Well, let's, let's go to Rick. He's got a YouTube. Got a couple of them here. Uh, Ernesto is asking, he says, I have an 09 Kia Optima with 110,000 miles with the original drive belt on it, the serpentine belt. I'm going for an oil change service later this month. Should I get the belt changed? Would I also uh, be good to get the water pump changed at the same time? And my recommendation is 
shine a flashlight down on the belt, and if you don't see any cracks in it, and it's not making noise or, or frayed or anything like that, if it looks like it's in good shape, I would leave it alone. And if your water pump's not making any noise, and you don't have any signs of leakage from it, I would leave it be. But the average the, repair shop would try to sell them that water they're, pump. They're going to try to sell yeah. it as a preventative maintenance. Yes. Oh, it could go bad anytime. Well, not necessarily. Yeah. And if it's been on there that long and it's not leaking and it's not making any noise, leave it be because it's the animal you know versus the part that they yeah. might put on yeah. that might have a small defect and suddenly go bad in 5,000 miles. They would make the argument if we'd have to replace the, the water pump later, then we'll have to do double labor because right now we'll be in, we could take it out now. Well, no, because he, he's asking, should he do the water pump in the belt as preventative? Oh, oh I got you. And yeah. I, I yeah. don't see the need for it anymore. Yeah. What's the uh, operation where they replace a water pump routinely? That's when you do a timing belt. Oh. When you're taking the timing belt off on cars that had a timing belt with the water pump behind it right. run by the timing belt, yeah. then we would say, hey, you know, at this point might be a good idea because it'll save you money if it goes bad later. Yeah. You don't but gamble I, Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Okay, and I'm going to interrupt. Oh, I'm going to interrupt you. Uh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, we have Kimberly, who is a first-time caller oh, cool. from Port St. Lucie. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. What can we What can we do for you this morning? Um, I have to ask you a question. Okay, and uh, congratulations. Um, you won yourself fifty dollars. What can what can we answer uh, for you? Um, should I buy new car or used? Better value. Used car is better value. Yeah, I would I would agree with Earl. Used car, um, uh, more more uh, more for your money, definitely. I agree. Oh. Well, that's great. There's the three of us. It's unanimous. Earl, do you have anything else to say? No, I just, uh, most people don't understand that. Uh, you have to do more homework. You have to be more careful when you buy a used car. Uh, be sure it's checked out by an independent mechanic. Get a Carfax report. Uh, be sure you get your campaign reports on uh, www.ismycarrecalled.com. Exactly. And, uh, so do do all that. Be careful, and you eliminate that first year depreciation on a new car. But the right the right used car is always a much better value than a new car. Yeah, it's Kimberly. Um, even though it's a used car, you know you have to apply uh, a lot of knowledge, and it's uh, just uh, I always say knowledge is power, and you really have to do your homework and uh, find out whether that car, first of all, is the car for you comfort uh just the the list is endless uh but uh, just do your homework before you you know uh, make that major decision you know uh to buy a new car used car or a home those are decisions that uh, people make every day and uh, they really have to do their homework okay kimberly yes, i wish you a lot of luck and i hope that you stay in touch with us and again captain congratulations on winning fifty dollars. Thank you, ma'am. You're Thank welcome. You, sir. Okay, let's take it. Uh, we got another YouTube over here. 
Well, uh, Donovan Lewis, who's been having the issue with uh, the Southern 441 Mazda, where he bought a Porsche from them and tried to get an extra key, and he's, they had given him a wheel and promised him a key and then went back on it. Well, he says, good news, after three months, oh. they finally agreed to pay for the cost of having the key made by Porsche. And he says, for anyone struggling to get a dealer to pay for something that they agreed to, don't give up and don't underestimate the power of negative reviews on every website possible. Eventually, someone high up as a dealer will see them and probably not be very happy. That's great advice. Uh, and uh, it's unfortunate that you have to resort to that. But today, a bad Google review uh, causes pain on a business. And uh, a lot of us out there, uh, Nancy and I, we always check Google reviews uh, before we choose a restaurant, uh, a department store, uh, uh, whatever we're buying, whatever product. We always, local, local uh, places always have Google reviews. And you go from uh, one to, uh, we're looking for a new dry cleaner right now. And we found one in our same market that has much higher, much more Google reviews and a little bit higher than our current one. So you're right. Uh, post a negative review, someone will see it mm -hmm. at a reputable dealership or company and it'll get some activity. Yeah. And also, like, if, especially if your complaint is uh, following a pattern, if, when you read bad reviews, look to see if there's the same type of complaint appearing over and over again. You can give a lot more confidence that's really happening. So if you're if you go in there and post your review and it, it matches up with some of the other complaints, it's uh, it, it really have an impact. Okay, I got some text over there too. Yeah, uh, we're on back over on uh, anonymous feedback. Uh, years ago, we used to get our get cars protected from rust with Zbart or is it Zbart? Zbart. 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 How are today's generation of cars protected from rust by the ma by the manufacturer? Do I still need an optional dealer or third-party rust protection service? If so, much. If so, how much does it cost? No, sir, rebop. You don't need it. But if you really want to spend uh, $700, you can get Toy Guard. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you don't need it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a red flag. Someone trying to sell you uh, uh, rust protection today, forget about it. They're taking advantage of you. Don't do it. I got a question for you. Yeah. They used to call it rust and dust. I get the rust part. Explain the dust. I guess probably the dust hat was uh, like the paint sealant or the, the polish or I, I don't, don't know. know. Any opinion? I don't I know. I mean, I, I never thought about it. I, <laughs> I, I use that expression all the time myself. Wait, you've been saying for 50-something years. And I didn't uh, know what dust was. I, me too. I was like, wait a minute. I've never actually thought about huh. this, the phrase. Um, is a new car that has a rough idle covered under the manufacturer's powertrain warranty? No. Definitively. Well, I mean, it, I suppose theoretically it could be. Uh, well, if it's in the warranty period, <laughs> it would be possibly, Rick. Well, it, they say a new car, so if it's if there's a problem with the car not running properly, I'd then say. yeah, that should be covered under warranty, if, especially if it's a, well, not it's a the brand power, new car. Yeah, yeah, not the powertrain warranty. I mean, that would be. Well, it'd be under the the it, factory the engine. Warranty, yeah, well, if it's the engine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be shopping for a Hyundai Sonata soon. Could you put Route 60 Hyundai in Vero Beach on your mystery shopping list for some time in the future? You have me at hello. Of course we will. Let me make a note of that. I'm always looking for a new place to shop yeah. as we spread out across Florida. Okay. What is the scam with very low prices on Craigslist? 
that are not realistic. I saw a 2013 CRV with 60,000 miles, fully loaded, clean title. You didn't give me the price. Anyway, what's the deal? Um, okay, Craigslist is uh, kind of like the Wild West of online um, classified ads. Some car dealers list their um, cars for sale on, on Craigslist. It's kind of a labor-intensive thing because you have to keep relisting, and a lot of individuals do it. Um, I'm just going to say my personal opinion is I'm not attacking Craigslist. I'm sure there's some value to it. It seems I've heard so many bad stories about rip-offs, even safety issues, things like that. I'd be really suspect, but if you are looking at a car on Craigslist, get all the information, run a, a Carfax report if you can, uh, check for recalls, but um, it's definitely barber where you're taking a risk by buying a car through that. Yeah, I, I'd stay away from uh, yeah. Craigslist. I, I agree. Think it's just trouble waiting to happen. All right. Uh, the next okay. one. Okay. So, oh, you got a call? No, go ahead. All no, right. We're done. <laughs> what happens if I get a dog from Big Dog Ranch, Big Dog Ranch Rescue, and it doesn't work out? Can I return the dog? Absolutely. Yes, you sure. can. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, the last thing yeah. Big Dog Ranch is, uh, wants is an unhappy dog owner because we want you to take care of the dog, and if you have a problem, uh, keep taking care of the dog. We want to take it back, and we'll find a better home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As I recall, didn't oh. they, don't they ask you to sign a document that you will not take that dog anywhere to else, any other pound or that, anywhere that else? That is correct. But if you, if you have an issue, you must bring it back to them. That's yeah, a good point. And there, um, another point here is that there are some people that have adopted a dog, and they've had it forever. And because of age, uh, health, or whatever the case, the they sadly change. have to bring the yeah. dog back, and they do accept them. That's right. And they find a good home for them. They also have a, a bunch of resources for you because there's, there's lots of different reasons why people uh, can't keep a dog. Sometimes it's financial. And on their website, they actually have resources. There's grants you can get for financial assistance um, for pets, believe it or not. Humane Society. There's something called Angels for Animals. Uh, Red Rover yeah. Relief Grants. So they'll work with you. And obviously, if it's um, the decision you have to make, they want that dog coming back there. And they'll, they'll place it with a home that, that works out better. So don't worry about that. They have a, a better return policy than Earl Stroke Toyota. <laughs> we, we only have seven days. You get a little bit more time with Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Um, and I think, uh, wow, we're all caught up. Okay. Hey, if we have time, maybe somebody can answer a question for me. It's about insurance and my topic that I talked about earlier in the show, and that's the CC catalytic converter. Does insurance cover that when it's stolen? Technically, I think it would if, if it's a, a, a theft of a, you know, somebody broke into your car and stole well, your com- radio. You know, compre- comprehensive is, uh, well, covers vandalism, and that's yeah. vandalism, theft. There you of go, a, comprehensive. Yeah. But they have to get that dolly and slide under your car. They don't use a dolly. Well, they can. Battery operated sawzall and slide right up under, whoop, whoop, the, the and it's saw, in their hands. Absolutely. The saw just do yeah. it. Boom. Okay, we're going to get to the Mystery Shopping Report. It's a doozy, and it is from Bev Smith Kia. And you are a part of the um, voting process. Let us know how you feel about the Mystery Shopping Report. Now, back to the recovering car dealer. Well, we spent a lot of time this year in Fort Pierce, Florida. I, I was wondering uh, why we were focusing so much in Fort Pierce, but uh, it's a different market, and uh, it's uh, the dealers are different, the buyers are different, 
you go, uh, you know, 60 miles south or 60 miles north, and it's, it's interesting how the demographics change. So we found uh, the demographics there are very interesting, and I, I, I've been very interested myself in uh, the mystery shopping reports in that area. I, I, I can see uh, we, you can't neglect that. It's different down here. It's a whole different ball game. I say down here in Palm Beach County. Last week we uh, mis mystery shopped Sutherland Nissan, uh, and the week before it was Bill Smith. So we really hit Fort Pierce hard. Both dealers did poorly. Bill Smith earned a D. Sutherland was given an F, and that would mean that Sutherland is not recommended. He will not. You know, we recommend you do not buy a vehicle from Sutherland. Nissan. Now we'll be back to Sutherland and give him a chance to redeem himself. And we do that with all the dealers. Uh, but we go back to the good dealers and we keep them all, pardon the expression, honest. This week we return to Fort Pierce, another Bill Smith dealership, Bill Smith Kia. The last time we were in there, August, Agent Thunder investigated their ad for employee pricing on new Kias. Despite subjecting our shopper the typical car dealer shenanigans, Bill Smith Kia actually gave Thunder a good deal. I, I remember that report. Whether it was really employee pricing, we'll never know. But I was surprised when I came to the end of the report. Uh, we gave them a passing grade of C minus. That was a huge improvement over the prior Bill Smith Kia mystery shop in April when they ran a deceptive ad that cynically exploited a local credit union's. Was that Space Space, yeah, space Coast? Yeah. Uh, credit union, uh, and, and they had a legitimate offer uh, for first responders, uh, frontline healthcare workers and first responders, and uh, they exploited that ad. That shop earned them a big fat, as Linda Story <laughs> says. Linda style. Yeah, Linda style, big an fat. F. So uh, they're off the recommended list. Well, well, they would have been off anyway. Mm -hmm. Once again, it was a Bill Smith ad that attracted our attention. This time, it was an ad on Facebook for a buyback event where for a limited time, it's always for a limited time. That's right in the advertising handbook, always a limited time. Best with Kia's buyback center. <laughs> they don't have a they, buyback center. They just finished building it. <laughs> they got one now. <laughs> they, they got one for the sale. But their buyback center will pay $8,000 over Kelly Blue Book value for your trade. Now, uh, www.aintgonnahappen.com, but that's the reason we went in. We called up Adrian Leising, asked her for her, asking for her to investigate, and her marching orders were to pick out a new 2021 Kia Sportage EX to buy. She'd have to use her own vehicle as a trade-in. Prior to her departure, we had our experts appraiser accord. Uh, the actual cash value was determined to be $17,000. Uh, $70,000 for the Accord she was driving. Next, we had to find out what Kelly Blue Book had to say. Kelly Blue Book's trade-in value was $16,017. So, if Best Smith Kia was going to really honor the offer, they'd have to give Agent Lightning $24,000 for a trade, $7,000 more than what our people, our appraisal experts thought the car was really worth. And today, you're pretty much on the money. I mean, someone that knows how to appraise a car and someone that has access to the Mannheim real-time daily uh, market, uh, you can really be within a few hundred dollars of the exact price of a used car. So when we say that uh, 
this was $7,000 more than what it's really worth, we're, we're, we're pretty accurate. Here's a report speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. Before leaving for Fort Pierce, I went on Bethsmith Kia's website to get a better feel for their Sportage inventory and what sort of pricing I could expect. Their website showed several EX models available with discounts of $5,700 off MSRP. I got there around noon park, was greeted right away by Stephen as I climbed out of my car. I told him that he startled me. <laughs> and that I was there for the $8,000 over Blue Book buyback offer. I like that, Blue Book buyback offer. A lot of bees. Steve came, uh, Steve told me to come uh, with him inside to meet, oh, you can't make this stuff up, buyback Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and this is I know a, I had gold as soon as I saw that. Yeah, see that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work in uh, Palm Beach County. I don't think. I don't know. I, I, it, worked, it works north. Uh, I mean, I I think our customers would start laughing hysterically if we tried to invite them in to see Buyback Billy. And ours would, you know, but maybe further south. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I, I think even in Miami they'd be laughing at the Buyback Billy. Maybe hey, but, it, but Buyback Billy works. I, I don't know. You think? I, I don't know. Earl, how do, you, how do you say that with a straight face? I can't. <laughs> Fortunately, I have a mask on. Uh, we entered the showroom and headed over to a big desk. Buyback Billy. Buyback Billy. <laughs> and Buyback Billy was a bully, by the way. Buyback Billy stood behind the desk and greeted us as, as we approached. And this really was, by the way, Buyback Billy. Yeah. Immediately, Buyback Billy reached out, extended his hand, asked me to give him my car key. He said he wanted to get my trade and evaluation going right away while Stephen helped me find my new car. Not sure why, but I reached into my bag, grabbed my keys, handed them over to Buyback Billy. Billy ran out the door and Stephen asked for my driver's license and he led me to a table where he gathered all my personal information, including payoff on my trade. Then he asked me about the vehicle I wanted to get. Stephen told me the buyback event was going great. He excitedly said that yesterday alone they sold six cars. That's not a lot of cars, is it, Stu? It is in Fort Pierce. In Fort Pierce, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> if, if I sent you six cars, we sold six cars, you'd send me a, a, a sad face. I would. I would do it. <laughs> I, 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 I'd be one of these. No, you wouldn't. He excused himself to get the key to the Sportage EX I picked out. A few minutes later, he returned without a key and asked me for some more information to help him get an official payoff on my trade. I said I felt I'd given them enough info for now. I said I wanted to see the vehicle and the numbers before I provided anything else. I mean, they're, you know, they're getting ready to... Uh, give and take. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. You want more information? Give me a little something. Tell me, tell me what this price is going to be. Stephen accepted this and left to find the key. I waited for 15 minutes. It's amazing. I've you know, it's just the time that people are made to wait in the process of buying, you know, you think you'd be excited. Well, they uh, sometimes, uh, maybe they have a problem with their key machine, sometimes they need a cigarette. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know, I think you hit it on the head. A lot of smokers in the car business, too many. Uh, anyway, uh, we went outside to see the vehicle. MSRP was $33,085. The addendum label, the infamous, always present, seems like, addendum label for dealer-installed accessories. Uh, I, I gotta admit, this is one of the more extensive lists of dealer-installed accessories. Yeah. Probably a little bit more value than most, but still, uh, worth a little know. more. <laughs> I don't know. There's more, more physical things. Uh, they didn't leave anything out, let's put it this way. Now, listen to this. 
mud guards. <laughs> well, if you forgot to tell them how much they're they're charging for this stuff. Who wants mud guards? I, 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 wheel locks. Uh, trouble waiting to happen. Cheap wheel locks. That's, you don't want cheap wheel locks, and these are cheap. Uh, sunshade, nitrofill tires, nitrogen. Please help me, Lord. Nitrogen. I mean, Consumer Reports says it's not worth a nickel. It's not worth anything. Pinstripes. Uh, tag bracket. Tag bracket? They're going to charge you for the best Smith Kia no, no, tag no, no. bracket? I don't know if that's it. I think a lot of new vehicles have a front bracket thing that's an option. It's usually in the trunk. And, and it's it just comes, comes with a car. car. Right. They're charging, they're charging for it. Yeah. <laughs> they're charging 4000 for it. First oil, like it. First oil change, which is probably free uh, from the manufacturer. I don't know that. With Kia, it is with most cars. And, and a car wash, not lifetime. Right. right. They'll wash your car when you come in for the first free oil change. <laughs> right. Yeah, we washed the car already, yeah, yeah. and it's free. We're not going to charge you for it. Right. Otherwise, we put it on the addendum, and they do. Yep. They charge you for the dealer preparation. So you're charged, and now they're giving it to you free. Uh, no, they're charging you again. A window tent, pocket guards, door edge guards, and uh, it's absolutely insane. Uh, $4,000 for that stack of garbage, worthless uh, you don't need any of that. You don't want any of that. Anyway, Beth Smith's list price, not the MSRP, was thirty-seven thousand five seventy-nine. MSRP thirty-three, and this is uh, thirty-seven five. He gave me a quick presentation, and we left for a short test drive. When I returned, I showed Stephen my phone, on which I had the internet pricing on the new two thousand twenty-one Sportage EX models pulled up. I asked him if this was about what I should expect to pay. He said he didn't think it would be a problem. This is uh, typical, typical answer. What in the training class? Okay, if they ask a specific question, what do we say? You, Charlie, say it's not going to be a problem. No I mean, problem. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Don't get into a discussion until you've got them sitting down with your pen in hand and the and the buyer's order ready to sign. Uh, Oh, here we go. Back inside the showroom, Stephen led me over to buy back Billy. <laughs> Walked away. Billy handed back my keys, asked me to take a seat. Uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm working with buy back Billy. Remember, Billy is hired, and he hires himself out to dealers all over the United States. And he comes in, charges Bill Smith Kia. I'm going to guess, what did we say, twenty grand? Oh, yeah, something like that. It's going to yeah. be a huge amount of money. Charge the dealer twenty thousand dollars, and the dealer, of course, has to make back that cost plus what he sells you the car for, for his normal profit. So the, the irony to these uh, special sales is that you're actually paying more money because you have to pay buyback Billy his 20 grand. And where are they going to get it? They're going to get it from you, the buyer. Uh, where am I here? I asked, asked him to take a seat. Yeah. Steven said he'd be back. Yeah. I asked him uh, what the offer on my car was. He said uh, everything was in the computer. And they would go over that later. Hmm. Push it back, push it back. Not going to give you an answer too early. Several minutes later, a man came over with some papers in his hand. He was probably a manager, but uh, we didn't get a proper introduction. The man said he thought he had a deal that would make me happy. He sat down. That was probably part of uh, Buyback Billy's crew. Mm -hmm. yeah. Probably. Yeah. And this is, this is a travel crew. They, they go around, they go in, do the sale. They go to the next dealer, next dealer, and they do all these sales. Make a lot of money. Uh, he sat down, put the papers face down on the table. I guarantee you, that's right in the book. Never lay the papers face up. 
of him face down. Don't let, the, don't let the mark see the papers. He turned a yellow paper over and showed me the appraisal on my trade. I'll turn the page here. There was a list of deductions for damage they found on my car. The deductions for recon totaled $2,000. Here we go. Here we go. Devalue, building, devalue. building the devaluation. Devaluing your trade. Then the man told me the Kelly Blue Book value was 14000 What was it really? We looked it up. 16. 16. So they lied about the Kelly Blue Book value. We checked the Kelly Blue Book, and they cut that by $2,000. Or, or they are they, they, they exaggerated on the condition. No, I, the condition I used, yeah, 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 yeah. Her vehicle was in very good condition. I used the, the category very good to get 16. Yeah, exactly. Now it's easy. It's subjective. You know, you go, it's, it's, there's reality and yeah. subjectivity. He said he had to take off $2,000 for the damages that would ha they would have to repair. Then he showed me the promised $8,000 overage. My trade-in value was $20,000. The man asked me if I thought that was a fair offer of my car. Trial closed. I told him it seemed reasonable. You know, you know, make him feel relaxed. But I wanted to see what I was paying for the sportage. I mean, we're talking about the trade-in. We have no idea what, the char what they're going to charge for the new key I want to buy, the new sportage. On cue, the manager, manager guy flipped over another sheet of paper, this one a familiar looking sales worksheet. He showed me the top line, market value was 37614 way over MSRP. He took off a $2,500 rebate, which made my selling price 35114 still way over MSRP. Now I don't know, I mean, we're over sticker folks, this is a sale. Buy back Billy, special sale, and we're paying thousands of dollars over MSRP. Okay, that's the reason you always. That's how they pay Billy. That's right. <laughs> that's how Billy pay. That's how Billy purchases fancy suits. <laughs> okay, instead of the twenty thousand dollar on buyback, instead of oh, the, you missed that. Oh, shit. I missed this. Yeah, uh, I showed me the top line market value. I love that market value. That's smoke and mirrors. Thirty-seven thousand six fourteen. The market value is what they say the market is, which is a lie. We, okay, I, I did that, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. I said, okay. So, so here we are. Now I don't know what the, how this happened, but I completely missed a glaring omission. Not surprisingly, uh, okay. In the middle, in, in, in the middle, in the value of my trade, instead of the twenty thousand dollar on buyback Billy's appraisal sheet, my trading allowance of the sales worksheet was seventeen thousand five. It was only after my mission was completed that I realized this. And I made a note on the margin here as I was reading this. It's not surprising. There's a lot of numbers. Mm -hmm. And I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you. You imagine how a buyer, a potential buyer, is when the salesperson and the manager and buyback Billy are throwing these numbers out. And it's, it's dazzling. You're not having anything in writing. A lot of this is verbal. They won't show you the real numbers. And so it's easy to smoke and mirror you into believing what they say. And that's the worst thing you can do is believe what they say. Uh, the manager guy didn't draw any attention to the trade. He went on totaling up the price, which included $898. Here we go. Hidden dealer fee. On the hidden fee. Total out the door price was 43133 I'm pretty sure I missed the trade issue because I was so flabbergasted of the ridiculous over sticker price that they were trying to charge. I said, whoa. I think you've got the wrong car here, pointing to the market value price. I said, MSR, MSRP on the car I wanted was $33,000. The manager interrupted me mid-sentence to say, 
the dealer installed options package was included in the market value price. I was irritated by his interruption and for the unashamed way he informed me on the inclusion of a bunch of overpriced unwanted junk. Now, when you do one of these turnkey sales and the crew comes in, they're going to be out of town the next day. And the people in that crew are on commission. Everybody's on commission. And all they care about, the buyback Billy crew, is to get the job done and get the number of cars sold that he promised you so that buyback Billy gets paid. And if he has to piss off a few people in the process, he'll do it. And he'll be out of town. He'll be in Albuquerque uh, when you're complaining. So we need to move along. The manager of me mid-sentence to say the dealer installed options package was included in the market. I did a irritate. Okay, where we go here? I said, well, your price is way too high. I told him I'd seen the internet pricing for the same models, and I expected him to be in that range. The manager then asked me what it was I hoped to accomplish today. That's irritating. I was not expecting the question. I was taken aback. I said, I was there to buy a car. He replied rudely, asked me if I thought I'd be able to get the amazing trade allowance and get the special internet pricing. I mean, that's arrogance. I mean, you'd never, you'd never speak to a customer that way. I asked him, I knew there was always a catch, but I did not expect them to hit me for 43000 for a sportage. He suggested we talk about payments, switch them, and not to focus on the price. They love that on payments. He pointed the payment grid, asked if I uh, could take the car, if he could get me $643, $654 range. I played along and acted outraged. I told him if there would be a $200 increase on my current car payment, I had now. I was unmoved, said the 2021 Sportage was way more car than my 2019 Accord. Went back and forth, uh, cocky attitude, arrogant, and I left. And the conversation. Yeah. It reminded me of the uh, Sutherland thing. Yeah. Horrible experience, and uh, I just, you know, I, I think no mitigating circumstances. Uh, show show him Billy, Buyback Billy's uh, I want to show bio. you. I want to show you a picture of Buyback Billy. There's Buyback Billy. Slick, right? Yeah, nice suit. Yeah. Great smile. Buyback Billy. Slick Billy. <laughs> okay. I guess we need to vote. We, we have grades pouring in from all over the internet. Um, I'll start with Linda's. <laughs> Another F from me, go away, Billy. Uh, we have a nickname for Billy, too. It's AK Ripoff Billy. And then um, we started getting grades coming in before you <laughs> even got it through, so I don't need to hear anymore. Uh, this was like a third of the way in. F, F, there is not a grade higher than F. So I'm concurring. Bestmith Kia gets an F from me. Okay, folks, we're down to uh, two minutes. Uh, I can min F. I've got a total of six Fs here from YouTube, and it's F for me. This is the biggest failure I've seen in a long, long time. <laughs> F. F for Merle. F for Fort Pierce. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. Do we wish that would be the last? Sorry, folks. Okay, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for being part of the uh, Mystery Shopping Report from Bev Smith Kia. And uh, have yourselves a great weekend. And again, thank you for joining us every Saturday morning. And enjoy that Super Bowl. Go Tampa. Bye, folks.